Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Planantials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I am your host and also a CFP, which I hope you all know by now is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, Palmer. Hello. <laughs> you are our first Canadian guest. I am. Yeah, so welcome. Very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. So how did you, we were talking a little bit before, but you are a big fan of financial podcasts and that's how you found us. Yeah, exactly. So um, I used to commute to my old job and I listened to a lot of different podcasts and um, personal finance is a really big area of interest for me. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books. Um, I basically am trying to self-educate because growing up, I really didn't have much of a uh, financial education from my family. Um, and didn't study it in school or anything like that. So yeah, really self-taught. And I came across your podcast and I probably listened to about 30 episodes uh, in a very short time. Oh my God. Did you binge it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got to like, I've got to really scroll to find any that I haven't, haven't uh, listened to yet. (laughs) Oh, that's good to hear. So give us a little background on yourself. How old are you? Um, Whereabouts in Canada? Because Canada is a big country. Um, And kind of your, you know, income and situation, married, single, all that. Yeah. So I'm 34, uh, born and raised in downtown Toronto. Um, I'm married. I have a toddler at home. I work full time. Um, I can walk to work and my kids daycare. So I think that's me in a nutshell. Oh, you can walk to work that. Lovely. Yeah, it's amazing. I uh, I specifically took this job for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so how much do you make and what do you do for work? Okay, so um, I do PR for a large corporation. Um, my base salary is uh, 75000 Canadian. Okay. Um, and we have a bonus structure. So it's 15% of your base salary annually. 
Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it's great. I, although I found out that, and I should have known, but I've never been a part of a structure like this before. Um, but obviously, depending on how the company does from one year to the next, it could be, you know, 70% of that 15%, or it could be more or less. So um, yeah, I'll be excited to see what that works out to since it is a relatively new job. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So tell me what's going on with your finances. So you're married, you have, you're working full time, you have a baby at home or toddler at home. Yeah. So basically, um, my financial situation has been, you know, pretty good for a number of years, you know, like I'd say moderately good. I'm not doing amazing. I'm not doing terribly. Um, but in recent years, um, my dad has had a lot of uh, health issues and, um, I mentioned before I didn't have much of an education by way of my parents growing up. Um, you know, they weren't terribly financially savvy themselves. And unfortunately, my dad did not prepare for retirement whatsoever. Um, so I'm yeah, so I'm finding myself in what I believe is called the sandwich uh, kind of generation scenario. Um, so mm-hmm. taking care of, you know, those before me and those after me. Um, so yeah, so luckily the health issues have knock on wood, they've kind of, um, you know, settled for now, but long story short, uh, my dad is in early and completely unprepared for uh, retirement. So my brother and I do help uh, with that quite a bit. And, you know, over the years, basically I've gone in from having no debt to having what I feel like is a very significant amount of debt. So, so that's part of it. And also just as a side note, um, while I'm married and my husband and I have been together for a very long time, um, because we were together for many, many years before we got married, um, we have always, and to this day, really do keep our finances separate, apart from the fact that we have a joint credit card, like for family household expense. Um, and savings that we basically dipped into over my mat leave. So yeah, essentially, I want to just wanted to mention that because everything that I will be mentioning to you as far as like expenses go and things like that, it all represents my half of everything. So I just wanted to put, you know, that. Got it. Okay. So do you treat it more like a business? So he puts in a certain amount for childcare, you put in a certain amount for childcare? Is it like that? Good question. And I'm, I'm always fascinated to hear how couples do this stuff. I love it. <laughs> um, but, but basically our method from when we were like first living together, um, you know, in early on in our relationship was literally putting a receipt that you, you know, anything you purchase, you put a receipt on the fridge. And then, you know, after, let's say, I don't know, a few weeks or a month or whatever, we would sit down and tally, okay, I paid this, you paid that, who owes what? And it was literally 50-50. Um, and luckily, we've always made around the same amount of money, so we never had to do it any other way. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you just so you all the expenses for the household is fifty percent your obligation, fifty percent his obligation. Yeah. Okay. So then, obviously, taking care of a parent is a hundred percent your obligation because it's not part of the household. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So tell me what's going on with that. So you and your brother are both chipping in to help out your dad. Yeah. So what it looks like is that. You know, we kind of realized, you know, how much does he have coming in? You know, um, like, you know, he's on a disability because he's not actually um, old enough to properly retire yet. So currently it's just it's it was sick leave um, and now it's disability. But uh, basically we realized, you know, how far are we from making ends meet, um, you know, to your father? Yeah, to make um, his rent and expenses, like very minimal expenses. Obviously, it's a fixed income situation. Um, But basically, we decided, you know, 
this is how much of a gap there is. And we, we now split that gap. Um, but for an, for a, a year or two there, I was in a better financial situation. So I, um, I was the one to take on that initial debt myself. And then now my brother is just in the process of paying me back for his half. Wow. That must've been a sobering conversation, huh? With your father to realize. Yeah. Yeah. It's he wasn't really making ends meet. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky thing. Um, you know, health reasons being what they are. I mean, you know, you like, there's so many worse things to worry about. So, you know, we've mm-hmm. always been a very tight knit family and, you know, growing up, we had uh, a couple of different, oh, we had two households because my parents were together. Um, so, you know, we very much, we are, you know, the kind of family that does rally for one another and steps up to plate as needed. But yeah, it's, there's definitely been some struggles there with regards to, you know, a little, I, I hate to use the word resentment, but a little bit of frustration, let's say about, you know, why didn't you think about this for your entire adult life kind of thing? and prepare for it. And as a result, I am somebody who now listens to financial podcasts and asks to be a guest on one so I can make (laughs) wise decisions for my family. And um, yeah, it's become a bit of an obsession. Yeah, I could see because you're going through it and you're seeing what, you know, a worst case scenario looks like when you don't prepare. Yeah, exactly. um, And and how stressful it can be. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, your budget. So you're bringing in a, a gross amount of 75,000 Canadian. That's right. Um, and then what is your, cause you said you've accumulated a little bit of debt with helping out your father. Yeah. Um, go through a breakdown of kind of where you are budget wise and, okay. and see what we can Yeah. So, um, my, after my, you know, pension deduction and actually I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure, but, um, I have a pension plan, a defined contribution pension plan through my work, and I'm lucky enough that I also okay. get to contribute to a share plan as well. So there's a lot of matching happening. So after those, okay, and the share plan is stock company stock. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Great. Yeah. So after those kinds of deductions and income tax, um, my Canada pension plan deduction, uh, employment insurance, all that. My net uh, biweekly income, so every other week, is $1,835. Okay, great. And then what about, now are you renting or do you own in Toronto? Uh, unfortunately, still renting. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't say unfortunately because it's been the right thing for me and for my family for a long time, just as far as flexibility goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm sure you're not familiar with the Toronto uh, scene, and luckily we got our rental a little while before everything went super nuts around here. It's pretty expensive, Oh, it's it? insane. It's insane. Yeah. So let me put it to you this way. When people hear what we pay for the kind of home that we have, um, their jaws drop right now because it seems like absolutely dirt cheap. And it's not like New York City prices, obviously, but it, it can be very expensive. So yeah, so we rent. And I think, sorry, were you also asking me about uh, the, like my debt totals and things like that? Yeah. So so you have 1835 um, coming in biweekly. Mm-hmm. And then so your expenses are, so you have the rent, yeah. right? Okay. And then what is that? What does your share come out? Uh, it's 975. Okay. And then you have childcare, right? Yeah. So that's another huge expense. I literally wonder what I did with all of my money before I had a kid. <laughs> 
It's very expensive. Oh god, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So currently, my the daycare costs like my part of it is around seven hundred a month. Okay, seven hundred mm-hmm. a month. Okay, so those are so because when you're so, so for the listeners, when you're getting your net biweekly, that's inclusive of your retirement savings. Yeah. So your your net is after your retirement savings with your pension, the, the stock. Yeah, which actually is a great thing. Yeah, which is a great thing. Um, okay, so then big expenses after we take out the retirement. Uh, portion is you have your rent, your childcare, any other, you don't have a car because you walk, right? Which is wonderful. Well, we do have a family car. Okay. Um, yeah. So my part of that is $185.50. And then of course we have um, auto insurance and that would be $85.24. Okay. Um, I'm a big insurance person. <laughs> So uh, we have um, tenant insurance, which is $36 a month. That's great because it's tenant insurance. That's so if anything happens to the apartment, your items are covered. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we start, you know, we don't have anything crazy in the household, but, you know, you just if I always just think of it in terms of if we had to replace anything, if there was a flood or a break-in or what have you. Right. If we had to replace your clothes or your laptop, yeah, it would add up. Oh, totally. Yeah. So we have, uh, we took out life insurance policies when we had our child. So that is, you know, my husband, um, his was more than mine, but we just treat it like 50-50 like everything else. So it's $80 a month and that's a $500,000 term 30 policy. So your life insurance is a temporary insurance policy, right? You said Yes. Yeah, it's a term 30. I was told that it might be a good idea when I'm able to, or when I feel able to financially to get, I forget what, what they call it, the pool insurance or whatever, to get a very small policy just so that I have something when my 30 years is up and I don't have to pay an arm and a leg to, you know, get more. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'm hoping that we can create a net worth so that you don't need insurance. Oh, okay. 30 years. Yeah. That's the other option. The other option is that you don't need insurance at all because there you don't have it. You know, at the end of 30 years, your child will be a grown up, and you've hopefully provided for them, and they don't need. They wouldn't be relying on you financially, and that you've created, you've saved for retirement, and you have an emergency fund, and that you've created the net worth because you paid right. so little for insurance that you had the opportunity to use the the difference that you would have spent on a more expensive and permanent insurance policy. You take the difference for that and that you've invested that for your future. So that after 30 years, your debts are paid off and that you've accumulated a net worth so that if God forbid something were to happen to you, you know, if you were to get hit by a bus when you're 60, there is no financial tragedy. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Other expenses, cable and internet. Um, We have a wicked package because we have a child and we don't go out anymore. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) that's really okay that's worth it yeah so that's um a hundred dollars a month okay my bank fees uh just on like my regular checking account is 25 dollars. okay we contribute to an resp for for our child so that's uh, for those people who aren't familiar with canadian finances that's a registered education savings plan that's for college. Yeah. Fund. Yeah. So, um, we, we spend, here's the thing. We spend $210 or contribute that much per month, $210. But because we have a child, there's something called the Canada child benefit, uh, CCB, which is, um, you know, I, I think it's based on your household income or whatnot, but basically each month we get 
uh, $234. So that just kind of covers it. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And the reason, um, so we contribute 210 because we want to do that minimum because the government, if you contribute $2,500 per year, then they will match it. So the government will match your contribution for you and your husband saving for your child's education. Yes. Well, that is a dream. Yeah. Yeah. You should move to Canada <laughs> between that and the healthcare. <laughs> uh, that sounds like something my dad was always like a big fan of like, if I was saving for a financial obligation or goal, like he would then like, once I saved the number, be like, oh, well, since you did such a good job saving, like I'm going to contribute like, you know, whatever amount because exactly. you saved a hundred dollars on the so I always think it's a really good incentive to get people to save if, you know, that's why like with the work plans, if the government or not the government, but if you're, you know, your job is going to give you a match, it's always more of an incentive to contribute, right? Because you get that free money. But I did not know that they did that in Canada yeah. for college education. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah. So between that and healthcare and our... This will be like a Canadian promotion. Oh, totally, man. You can do it. You can do a mat leave for 18 months. Wow. Oh my mm. God. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should come here. And there you go. <laughs> um, so other expenses, okay. just, I kind of just, um, like I said, we don't use our car a ton, but um, I have just kind of in my little spreadsheet that I use um, every month. I've got a hundred dollars listed for, you know, gas or parking or transit or whatever. I would say my part of the groceries is 300 a month. Okay. Because again, we, we eat in a lot. Um, We cook a lot. The support that I help provide for my dad is uh, $375 a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yoga. I put down, I have uh, about $80 per month for classes. Okay. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like you hit most of them. I think so, yeah. And you get paid bi-weekly, so that means you get paid every two weeks and not the first and the 15. Yeah, so I think it's like 27 paychecks a year or something. Yeah, okay. So let's see. So I just want to add up everything so we get an idea of where you are on a monthly spend. And then I want to talk about the debt that you have accrued. And is that is your only debt the debt that you have from helping out your father? Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. It's a combo of... Um, credit card and line of credit. Okay. So originally, as I said, I, I, I kind of started out with absolutely no debt. And then basically with, you know, we do have uh, universal health care, but of course there's certain things that are not covered through it. So um, yep. yeah, there was kind of like medical type equipment that we needed for a period of time, uh, which was very expensive. And then also to make those ends meet, um, obviously, while I was on maternity leave, I wasn't able to, um, you know, bring in the same kind of income that I was before. So with that, and then I, I did mention that I switched jobs too. So before I was able to be in the position that I am now, I had to borrow out of my line of credit just to send transfers and, and help make his ends meet. So yeah, so basically, what I tried to do was put you know, transfer over my credit card debt as much as I could to the line of credit, which had a much lower um, interest rate. And so now I'm, my goal is, um, or I have a few goals. One of them is to kind of tackle the credit card debt um, by the end of this year. And then the line of credit um, basically for a year from now. Okay. And so what do you have on the credit card and what do you have on the line of credit? Yeah. So the credit card is... Hang on, I have this written down somewhere in front of me. <laughs> Credit card is about seven thousand. Okay. And that's uh nineteen point nine nine percent interest. Ah. Yeah. 
fun. <laughs> and, and then the line of credit is 18,000 and that's 8.44%. Now with the credit card, have you looked at doing a 0% APR card and just paying a balance transfer? Um, I have thought about that recently. I haven't looked into it too much only because I, this is going to sound terrible. <laughs> I have a lot of points or miles or whatever you call them. Um, and I, I've been, it's been on my to-do list, but I have to reach out and ask, I need to call like that program, the loyalty program and ask like what happens if I switch my cards? Like, do I lose those points or what happens to them? Cause I don't want to lose those. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to lose them either. As long as you keep the card open, you shouldn't. Oh, okay. So not, not close the card, just transfer the balance. Oh, I didn't know that that was an option. Yeah, it should be an option. So I would, I would, um, just call it, you can, it's always worth making a proactive call and checking, but I would find out, you know, just confirm that those points that you've accrued that you get to keep, if you do a balance transfer, you're going to keep, keep the card open. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you're not going to use it in the future, but you don't want to be carrying, I wouldn't be carrying a balance on it just because the interest rate. And then I would look for a 0% APR card because I think that will allow you to get the credit card paid off much quicker because based on what you have coming in, even not in, we just take your biweekly pay and just assume you get it, you know, it's 30, around 36 70 a month. And then you obviously have the two extra paychecks. So I'm just using 24 and not 26 and you should get 26 pays. Mm-hmm. Um, and your budget's just about, we'll just round it up to say 3,300. So you have about 300 of wiggle room there. Right. But something I forgot to mention is that I didn't just, I didn't include in, in our pet there that I usually uh, assume two to 300 for regular old spending, whether that's clothing or, you know, toiletries or what have you. So really, it, it's just so truly paycheck to paycheck at this point. But I do, I do try and send four hundred dollars um, to my debt. I mean, because it's a credit card. If I end up using the credit card a bit, sometimes that kind of takes away from my payment. And also right. that that payment of four hundred barely scratches the surface when there's interest payments to be had as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with that high interest. Yeah. Um, so I would still look at the 0% because then if you're putting 400 towards it or 300 towards it or whatever you can afford, whatever extra, you'll just make more of a difference. Okay. And can I ask you just a quick question about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's in it for the credit card company to, or the bank or whatever, to transfer my debt to an APR, 0% APR card if I'm keeping the card open? So the, the reason for doing it, um, is because the other company, the reason they would want to take your money is because they're going to charge you a fee to move it over. Oh, okay. The new company, they're going to charge you if they don't do it for free. So they're going to charge you a percentage of the balance that you're moving over and you're going to pay that as a fee. I think it's still worth paying the fee because it will allow you to come up with, let's say you get an 18 month 0% APR card. It'll give you 18 months of only paying, you pay the one-time fee and then you have 0% interest for 18 months. So it just allows you to keep that balance where it is. So, you know, let's say you don't put anything on the new card and gives you the opportunity to kind of tackle that debt without having all that interest on it every month growing. Right. Okay. Awesome. But the trick with the 0% APR card is the other way they get you is besides the charging you that fee is if you miss a payment, they can charge you this penalty APR. So when you set it up, I would set it up for a minimum auto payment. So whatever the minimum is that you don't ever have a missed payment okay. or late payment. So I would set it up for auto for minimum. And then kind of what I was thinking in my head is maybe then when you get your bonus, you could use that to wipe it out or take a chunk of it. Right. Out. So that that's actually another thing. Um, so forgive me if I'm jumping around here, but um, so with the bonus there, we have the ability to transfer it directly to our, our RRSP, which is 
a registered retirement savings plan. So I correct me if I'm wrong. I think that 401ks are like corporate kind of things. And then is an IRA more like the government one? No. So the 401k is um, is for a corporation, a for-profit corporation, and the IRA is an individual. So you don't have to be affiliated with the corporation to open an IRA. So any individual can open. Oh, okay. So yeah. So I was just trying to figure out the equivalent for you. <laughs> so your, your RSP, it's RSP, right? Yeah, it's um, RRSP. So basically... Um, um, I I have one in addition, so I have that which I had before this job, and then now I have that um, that pension plan through my work with the matching. But in Canada, we have um, what you call first time home buyers plan. So you can borrow each individual, um, you know, dependent on the fact that they meet a certain level of requirements and criteria. You can borrow up to twenty five thousand out of your RRSP, and as long as you pay it back within um, fifteen years, I think it is. So when you do that, um, you can use that as a down payment. And so that is something that I plan to do, you know, kind of once my financial situation and debt is under control. And so any bonuses that I have coming in will be going directly to my RRT, um, just because that way they're not taxed. So anyway, so that I kind of do have a plan in place as far as like tackling the debt goes that I can kind of walk you through. And then you can tell me if it's completely off base or not. Yeah, perfect. So why don't you tell me what what you're what you're thinking with the credit card and the line of credit? Okay, so um, basically, because the the way that I got started when I when I joined this job, I was kind of trying to figure out what's the best way for me to take advantage of all this matching, even though it would be great just to have my own income and my cash in pocket. I can't let that free money go. Um, So, yeah. So, so far, the company shares that I have, um, which is liquid in that I can access it twice a year. So far, what I have in that is uh, 2,575, I believe. That's what I had um, up until recently, which it's still in there. But basically, I was contributing a certain percentage. And then I decided to take some of that that, uh, money out of my pension contribution and switch it over to what will become a liquid kind of asset because I can sell my shares and use that cash. Yep. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, sorry, hopefully that wasn't too confusing. Um, So my shares right now are 3,045. Okay. And then I'm going to be contributing quite a bit over the next, you know, few months, because as I said, I'm, I'm kind of maxing out what they will provide. So for each paycheck, what I what I contribute to um, the share plan is $115.02, but my company matches that um, 40%. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing that. And so basically what I want to do is that my I want to cash out um, my shares as soon as possible, which is like the first time I'll be able to because I'm a new employee. I want to cash those out and I want to put that directly onto my uh, credit card as soon as I can. Okay. Also, I mentioned to you that I sort of am being reimbursed now by my brother for the assistance that I kind of provided. So that money, um, he's now in a position to pay it back to me. So that money, I believe it's about $4,000 that he'll be paying back to me. And then let me see what else. Also, like I said, I'm contributing like around 400 a month. But um, when our child goes to the next room at the daycare, it's a little bit cheaper. 
So I'm hoping that that'll become uh, just overnight, it'll become 500 a month. Basically, I'm looking to pay off all of that credit card debt, the 7,000 plus about maybe a couple other thousand into the line of credit um, pretty much by the end of this year. Okay. With the strategy of of using the company shares and getting the payment back from your brother. Yeah. And my own um, debt payments plus, um, you know, how like obviously there's because I get paid bi-weekly, we have the extra like there's kind of like an extra paycheck here and there. So that one minus just, you know, a couple hundred bucks just for, you know, day-to-day kind of expenses that will be going completely to debt as well. You're going to be sticking with a pretty strict budget between now and the end of the year. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. So the plan is to use the company shares um, and then the money that you're going to get from your brother, you know, from helping out your dad because he owes you, you did more of the support. Um, so you'll get your credit card totally wiped out by end of the year. And then you also get some of the home equity, not home equity, I'm sorry, you get some of the credit line wiped out. And then what, do you have a plan for the rest of the credit line? Basically, I mean, of course, I'll be able to increase my, my documents because all of a sudden I no longer have to pay interest on the line of credit. Um, so that will help. And also um, between, you know, the end of this year and mid, mid next year, I'll have a, a couple of extra paychecks in there as well. And then um, basically, I'll also have six to around like six plus months of my um, the shares that I'm purchasing, which will be again matched at forty percent. Um, so with all that told, I think that that should help me pay off um, quite. It, you know, maybe not all because of you know interest and whatnot, but uh, the majority of the credit card as well by uh, six seven months after I've done the line of credit. Okay, wait, I think you mean you're going to have more of the line of credit paid off because you're going to do the credit card first. Oh, pardon me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I was like, the credit card is the higher interest. We need to do that one first. No, 100 uh-huh. Yeah, you're, no, you're right. <laughs> now, I have a question for you. When you go to sell the company stock, have you looked in to see if there's tax consequences with that? Um, I have not looked too closely at it, um, but uh, yeah, I could definitely check that. Yeah, find out um, from your, with the H, your HR division or whomever you would contact on the for that in your company, if you just find out what it because they're going to have it twice a year where you're allowed to sell, and just find out how the, what the taxes look like on that. Okay, because it's not a retirement account, so it should be taxed more favorably. Um, but there should there probably be some sort of if there's appreciation, there'll probably be some sort of tax. So I would just ask about that just so that you can plan for that in advance. Right. Oh, and I should mention this is just small, but. Um, also, I've been kind of helping to organize like some like wedding type festivities for a friend. And so I have put like some bookings and things on my credit card myself, and then people are going to be getting me back. So we're looking at like, you know, $2,000 or so coming as well. Oh, okay, great. So then, yeah, you'll definitely get the credit card knocked off pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. And then you're going to work on the home. Well, I keep calling it a home equity line. I'm sorry. You're going to work on the line of credit. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then you're it's and then you said also with the putting your bonus away because the gov- the government allows you to take twenty five percent out twenty five thousand twenty five thousand out to purchase first time home is that something you're thinking about down the road as a next step as well once the debt is paid off yeah that's something um you know I've been I've been living in the city for you know forever <laughs> literally <laughs> so um you know because I am at that point where you know knock on wood like the dust has seemed to kind of settle as far as like some family you know, health, you know, traumas and whatnot have happened. Um, because of that, that stuff is kind of settled. And because I'm now a parent and, 
you know, just the housing market here is so absolutely ridiculous. I will be looking to leave the city in order to go and um, purchase what will be a very, very modest home with still a very sizey, you know, ticket. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that is for sure a goal of mine. When you've been renting as long as I have, if you do the math, it's really alarming when you see exactly how much you paid into other people's investments. So it's just gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what, I, as part of, you know, my own financial security and for my child going forward, um, it's something that is now increasingly important to me and I'm getting anxious to get that going already. No, I think that's a, I think home ownership is important and it can definitely help you build your net worth if you do it the right way. And I think that you have the right strategy, which is get rid of the credit card and the line of credit debt. And then from there, work towards home ownership because the thing with the home is there's always something that goes wrong so you definitely want to have cash that's another thing i don't have an emergency fund in place right now that line of credit was my emergency fund when i was on maternity leave um which was not ideal but i had to do what i had to do so um now it's the kind of time where once i get all of this debt cleared up start thinking about emergency fund and a home um and that those are kind of my two main goals yeah i think those are great next goals i would do the emergency fund first because you know how life, you know how life goes. Um, <laughs> everything goes at once. <laughs> Never happens one the next. So, you know, a, a repair in a home can be quite costly and you want to make sure that you have cash as a buffer for that so that you don't have to mm-hmm. put it on a credit card. Uh, but I think those are two great next step goals once you get the debt paid off. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, but I think, I think you're doing a good job. And then I didn't ask, but how much do you have saved up for in your retirement plans? Oh, yeah. Good question. Um, So in my RRSP, I have 13,394. Okay. Um, And my pension plan at the moment. Oh, and from every paycheck for my pension, I contribute 143.78. And that is matched 100%. Great. Yeah. So currently, uh, that pension has about 4,800 in it. Perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. And the matching is fantastic. Like you definitely want to be getting those free dollars. Yeah. And so actually that's another thing. Free Canadian dollars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So another thing about the pension, I mentioned earlier that I decided to take some of my contribution to the pension away to put it towards uh, maxing out the share plan uh, matching. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm contributing 3% to my pension plan. But as soon as I can kind of get my head above water, I can turn that back into 6% matching. And so that's obviously going to be a lot better too. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think you have the, the right plan to get the debt taken care of. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you can't help when those things happen. And I, you definitely were in a tough position having to, you know, take care of your own household and then also take care of a parent. And it is something that we're now that you know, because I'm we're the same age, and so with the with our parents' generation getting older, and not all of our parents having planned appropriately for retirement, it is falling. You know, if they have children, it is falling on the the kids to help. So, mm. yeah, that's why when I hear anybody giving you know giving millennials a bad rap, like I know that we're elder millennials at this point, <laughs> but yeah, we are the senior millennials. <laughs> yeah, okay, senior millennials, exactly. So when I whenever I hear anything about that, I'm like, are you got to be kidding? Me? We have it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I obviously that was a you know a family situation that you had to take care of. And so but 
the fact is that you're very conscious of your spend and what your goals are. And that makes all the difference. So all of that work you've done listening to all the podcasts and educating yourself will help you get to the next step. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I have a random question actually back to the credit card, if that's okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, when I was kind of looking over all of my stuff, like, cause I do have a pretty good sense month to month of exactly where my money goes, but I wanted to look over a couple of the details before we started chatting. And I noticed on my credit card, I've always noticed this, but I, I've never really stopped to investigate it. I have balance protection insurance, like a fee and also a small tax fee that amounts to like $44 a month. Um, are you familiar with No. I think... So I'm going to have to look it up because I'm sure that when I got this credit card at like a tender young age, someone told me about it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But I didn't know what was going on. I think that it's, um, I think it's like if, you know, something were to happen to you or something and you couldn't make your payments, I think it's kind of like it won't affect your credit because they'll kind of cover you for a little bit. Are you familiar with anything like that? I am not familiar with that. I'm going to have to look that up. I have not heard of paying a balance protection fee. Okay. Well, I'm going to look into that myself as well, because now that I'm looking at it, I'm like really bitter about that $44 um, just because I don't understand it. So maybe I'll look into that and see if that's something I can get rid of as well. Yeah. I think that that's some sort of insurance on the, on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In case, so basically um, from what I understand, and I haven't heard of anyone having it on their card. So this is a first for me, but Mm -hmm. I think it's basically what you were saying. So if you, your income is interrupted or you get sick or anything and you can't pay your card, it's insurance for that. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I would say since, I don't know, I think you could, you'd be better off saving that money and not having that since we're planning on paying it off because you could save 40 bucks a month then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would call them and find out about that because I don't know if that's going to be necessary because the goal is to not be carrying a balance, right? Yeah. The goal is to get it paid off. Very good point. Uh, <laughs> so I would say you're ready. I, I don't know that I would say have insurance for, for it. Right now, you you know, you know are carrying a balance, but since we have the plan in place that it's going to be paid off in a few months, I would say that you could probably save that 40 bucks. Okay. So see what they say. I would call them about that. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Great question. I've never been asked that before. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, like that's kind of my situation in a nutshell. And you know, I think what I was looking for in chatting with you was just kind of making sure that I'm going about this in a smart way. Um, so I feel pretty good about it. Good. No, I definitely think you're going about it in the right way. I mean, tackling the credit card first is ideal because of the high interest rate, and then getting the line of credit done, which is significantly lower in terms of interest, but then getting that paid off. And then the third thing for you to work on it, once you do that, um, I would bump your retirement back up. And then from there, because the house will be a joint uh, purchase with you and your husband so that you come up with an emergency fund um, so that, you know, if the furnace goes or the hot water heater, or I don't know, you need an exterminator. There's so many things that can go wrong with the Mm -hmm. house that you have some cash there to prevent a future expense from going on a credit mm-hmm. card and then working to, yeah, working towards buying a home. Cause even if it ends up being in three years, it's still a great time. Yeah. You're still yeah, young. That's true. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so, cause you're going to have it for, you know, ideally when you buy a home, you're in it for a while, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a long-term goal. And so it's better to, to wait a year and be 
financially prepared for it than rush into it. Yeah, for sure. And so even though I know you're anxious to do it, waiting a year or two years so that you have the cash saved up is going to be better for you long-term from a financial standpoint, even if it feels like, oh, I wish I had, you know, yeah. I wish I do it now. Okay. But no, I like, I like the plan and you definitely have a good grasp of your budget, which is key. And having a plan is the second part, you knowing where your money, what's coming in, what's going out, and then knowing what the strategy is to get you to the next steps of your financial goals. And you've got that all nailed down. So that's great. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so glad we had someone on from Canada. We learned a lot about Canada today. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining. So we'll wrap this up for the listeners. And if you'll hang on for a minute. Um, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And so for our lovely listeners, uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think about the show. So please, you can rate us um, and review us on iTunes, which would be amazing. You can also follow us on Instagram to hear about what we have coming up, as as you know, we're publishing new pods every week. And if you want to learn more about personal finance, you can take our class on personal finance at www.financial.com. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.